Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Demos on my hip, stretch marks on my tits. Drink about water, <laughs> mind in my biz. Hot like stolen Chanel, lock me up in jail. My Uncle Johnny made that dress that she spent some Virgos, I hope you're grooving out there. Alien superstars, I hope you're ready to <laughs> dance because today we are talking all about Renaissance. The new album by this like little indie artist. I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name's Beyonce? 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 Are you happy to are you, are you happy, happy to be in Paris? Paris? We oui. um yeah, absolutely. Rose, thank you for indulging me in a full episode devoted to this album. I mean, you probably wanted to do it anyway. Oh yeah, I, I knew know. we were going to talk about it and that it was going to be way too long for just the news segment. I did not think we were going to mm-hmm. spend literally an hour going track by track through the album, but like <laughs> that's just how good this album is. It warranted yeah. the discussion. So, if you really want to get into it with our thoughts about the Beyonce album and not just the songs themselves, but truly the way they were made, because this is an album that I, I really appreciate Beyonce, like let us in to see what was going on behind the curtains with this one. Um, and the as, library as much as, references. as much as she is willing to do that. Um, but we're going to dig into it because this is like a virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Toronto. Baby, come over. 
Um, wait, there has to be. Tonight. <laughs> Rose, uh, you know, I, I right before this record, you, I was in LA earlier, and Taylor Swift, she just took me over on her jet to make this record in time. It was so nice of her. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, she's actually coming back to LA later to pick me up so that we can go... To the mall? Um, to Glendale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna... flying, we're flying for... Actually, not Glendale. We're flying from my apartment to the Grove. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a Grove date for sure. She's going to take you to the Charlotte Tilbury store, get you some lip cheat. Um, oh, wait. When we go to Disney later this month, because mm. it is officially August by Taylor Swift... Um, we should get her to fly us to Anaheim. That would be so nice. That'd be so nice of her. She's an ally, really, to the community. I mean, what else does she spend her days doing besides <laughs> taking her friends and family around on her private jet and, you know, <laughs> chipping away at our ozone layer? For the, okay, if the virgins aren't aware of this, um, I was gonna say joke, but these are cold hard facts that we're saying. Cold right hard now. facts. Cold hard facts. Um, Taylor Swift has been outed from a slightly unverified listicle about the celebrities that have the most carbon emissions based on their private jet usage. And Taylor Which, Swift. Uh, and came I in- want to say, I want to trace all this back to Kylie. People started talking about the fact that Kylie Jenner was taking these like ridiculous flights in her private jet. Like she was flying the distance of what would be like a 20 minute car ride in LA. Yeah. And so because of this, this whole like meme started and it eventually got turned into a listicle. Turns out the actual celebrity who's contributing the most to climate change because of, you know, private jet usage is none other than than Taylor (laughs) Allison Swift. Our queen. And you know, it's so funny that like, this is the one thing that kind of got her a little bit. You know, I'm a Swifty. We, this is a Swifty podcast because I'm here. I was just going to say, I I wouldn't say the one thing I would maybe think about the um, years of silence she had around the Trump administration before finally saying that the President Trump was bad, which took her a very, very long time to do. What What I'm saying, though, is that, like, she's kind of a very hard celebrity to come for publicly because her fan base is so rabid and will truly destroy people and i have said on this podcast and others that and i know you've you've been attacked by them um i was i I was just gonna say also i think because of the i think her team is really good at staying quiet yes tree pain never sleeps yes um if you know you know (laughs) but i think people usually don't come for her on a large scale because they know that the taylor swift machine which is both her team and her fans will destroy you. And especially, like, over the last year, she's very much been, you know, in control of her narrative with, you know, Taylor's version and re-releasing all of her music. And everyone's very much on her side. And so it was really funny to see all these memes coming out. And, like, this is really not something that her stands can defend her from. No, it's so damning and so universally frowned down upon by most people in the world. I think the difference is that it's not about her... Being mad that some joke was said in a Netflix show or like, 
You know, it's not about drama. It's not petty shit. She addresses things only when it benefits her. Yeah, only when it benefits her or only when she's in some, like, really petty shit um, that is, like, so interpersonal and esoteric and, like, not important. Not as important as something like the climate crisis or a Trump presidency um, or Roe v. Wade. Um, But I feel like it's honestly reaching a point, Rose, where it feels like it might need to be addressed because if that article is true and I were a celebrity... Even if you're someone as huge as Taylor Swift, you would be releasing a press statement that's like, we are radically changing our relationship to private jets and like blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, well, there, there was a, a statement made by someone from her team. No way. Um, oh, my God. Okay, it let's was. Look. Hold on. I'm pulling it up now. Um, a spokesperson says that um, the jet is loaned out regularly to other individuals to attribute most or all of these trips to her is blatantly incorrect. So... Oh, so that is her addressing it. That that's it. I think that's all we're gonna get. Yeah, that is for sure. Like, it's not. Um, it's not a good rebuttal. Yeah, it's not me taking all those trips. It's It's just my jet. It's just my personal jet. Like, like it's just so dumb. You know, Swifties. I'm one of you. I love Taylor, but like, you have to accept it when we have to eat the rich. She is one of the ones she's who gone. needs to be eaten, and I'm sure she's going to taste great. No, no, no. She's going to taste bad. She's, she's going to taste, taste bony, like those cinnamon cookies raw, she like makes. Uncooked chicken. No, ma'am. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Speaking of a uh, no, nope. Let's <laughs> talk about Jordan Peele's nope, which Fran, <laughs> you finally game. saw. Um, um, we haven't okay. talked about it at all. So I'm, I'm, you know, I gave like a little bit of my thoughts last week, but now we can talk about it and we can talk spoilers. Okay. I have to say that this was kind of a, a nothing movie. It was really beautiful. It was really engaging. I thought it was really masterful and the performances were obviously great. Kiki is everything. And there are so many components of, like, Jordan Peele's vision as a director and a writer that are so awe-inspiring to watch. But, like, just a whirl of missed opportunities. And ultimately, like, pretty... I wouldn't go as far to say that it was boring. What do you think the are the missed opportunities? But it was very static. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the fact that... the Okay, so for the, the virgins that don't know, the, the gist of this movie is Kiki Palmer and her brother Daniel Kiluya are basically horse trainers that lend their horses to, you know, film sets and commercials and stuff like that. They've been in this business for a very long time. And the weird things keep happening around their ranch that they very quickly discover is an alien spaceship unit monster monster thing that is basically, you know, um, camping out behind a cloud outside their ranch. And also at the same time, usurping members of their town. Sure. And also, and also, I mean, it should be said their father was killed mysteriously six months prior at the same time, um, a new attraction has opened near them, which is owned by a former child star who has, you know, this backstory in his past about an animal attack on the set of the sitcom he worked on. A backstory that had no loop around. That's actually that's actually not true. <laughs> but I want to hear more still about what you okay, think just, about about the, the movie and the missed opportunities. Top line, the missed opportunities are, one, I felt like... 
Kiki and Daniel were separately amazing, but I do not think that their dynamic made the movie more interesting. Like, their relationship was very real to me, but, like, Daniel's portrayal of the character is so unfazed and so stoic around most things occurring around him, which made his character more real, TBH, but it also made the emotional response for me to be very, like, static. Like, I, I didn't I didn't feel as excited as when Kiki was on screen. And I felt like the relationship was a little bit of a, of a, I don't know. It was a little one note. Um, but I also felt like, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that the alien was basically an Iris Van Herpen gown. Like it was so not scary. And so like, I mean, it was beautiful. It was, but it was so not, it was not scary. It was not thrilling. And I thought there was a lot of tension. Yes, I thought there was a lot of tension, but I felt like just, it was a long, I don't even know how long the movie was. It was about, it was was right around two hours. It was, it was a lot of movie to go through with not a ton of action. Nope. Could have been a short film. Like it could have been an episode of the Twilight Zone. I don't know about a short film, but it could have been an hour and a half. And I think. It could have been an episode of TV. It It could have been. I think. An episode of the Twilight yeah. Zone. It could have actually. been an hour and a half and... No, it could have been one hour. And, and gotten its point across and been maybe more effective. And I feel like when all the action did happen, that was like when I was most engaged. But it was ultimately anticlimactic. And I felt like there had a, there should have been more thrills and chills leading up to that big moment of action that I'm talking about. What about you? What did, I, what did I you... agree that it was slow. As I said last week, I think this is a very thoughtful movie. Yeah. And do you see what I mean now about, I think, like, if you're put, talking about sci-fi, it's more like Arrival than it is, like, Independence Day? 100%. I mean, this is not a horror. This is a psychological thriller. Yes. And that's okay. Like, but I also, and I, think, I also think, so this is kind of what I, where I want to push back about, like, the movie not having, like, some of the things in the movie not making sense or, like, not going anywhere. Because I actually think... I was very confused on the first watch of this movie about, like, what was the point of the scene with the orangutan and, like, why do we keep going back to that? And, you know, like, the more I've okay, sat... what was Like, that? the more I've sat with it, like, I really think that even more than, like, an alien movie or an action movie, this is a monster movie. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's very much about, you know, like, they, they think this thing is a UFO and it turns out it's actually an alien or, like, a monster or... When you really break it down to its core, it's an animal. They spend a lot of the time once they're like, once yeah. they've figured out that it eats people, talking about it like a wild animal, which is why I think it it's really important to note that they are horse trainers. And that's why I think you get the opening bit with the orangutan that like was meant to be part of the sitcom and like everyone thought everything was fine and hunky dory. And then the animal snapped and killed people. And I think a lot of what this movie is talking about is, like, obviously there's a lot to be said about, like, surveillance culture and celebrity. These Mm -hmm. people are really obsessed with getting the shot and how that will change their lives. Um, You know, we have a former child star who, like, can't let go of that fame and, like, essentially rents his trauma out to people. And then you have this idea of these animals... You know, the orangutan, the horses, the alien that can't Mm -hmm. be tamed and that humans are continually learning this lesson by trying to tame them, specifically in the context of creating entertainment. So to that is to me why it really is like 
a monster movie. And yeah, I, I think there's just something about, you know, like these are beasts. These are wild beasts. And even like all the stuff where they're like, you can't look directly in the eyes. And I think like that is why it makes so much sense that you have this sort of like cowboy motif going on through the whole thing and why there's so much iconography taken from like Westerns. And it's, it's very much not the movie that it sells itself as, which I think is like a lot of where the disconnect comes from. But Mm. Having sat for it for with over a week now, I really like it a lot more than I did when I initially saw it. And like, I'm not dying to see it again anytime soon, but no. I think I would watch it again at some point in the future. And like, having having kind of figured out, I think at least some of the things that it's trying to say, or like, at least nod towards, I think it would be interesting to watch the movie again through that lens. Yeah, I, you know, uh, now that you're painting this through line for me, I think I see that a lot more, like the kind of domestication of the natural world and what it has to do with capitalism and exploitation. Like, I feel like that makes a lot of sense as a reading for the film. And I also think, like, both can be true, that people have a tendency to over-interpret Jordan Peele's movies. Like, I've seen some really reaching reaching interpretations of us, which I think is a really cryptic film, um, a film that, you know, begs, begs, begs you to make meaning out of it. Um, and at the same time, like Jordan Peele is really just a brilliant kind of stoner. And a lot of these things that a lot of the things that he puts in his films could really very well just be random or figments of his imagination. You know, you know like, I, I do think Jordan Peele is excellent at making films that have these two layers to them, which is one is like just a really fun, sometimes scary, engaging, um, you know, thriller film. And then the other level is making movies that have like something very meaningful to say about our world. And the kind of spectrum that we like grade his films on, or at least like the spectrum of, of which I enjoy them is whether they lean too far in one thing or too far on the other thing or if they're able to perfectly marry them like i think get out perfectly marries Agreed. those things agree this i think maybe leans a little too hard on trying to like say something and forgets sometimes to be a really engaging thriller yeah and i you know i enjoyed myself a ton and i you know think it's amazing that we have a filmmaker, a new filmmaker making original films that are doing good yeah. at the box office and become required viewing. Like, that is something that we can't really say about a lot of directors making work right now. And um, a lot of auteurs that, you know, are in, that belong, you know, in his league. And I I think my thing is like, I think honestly thinking about these, the three films is really interesting to me because Get Out obviously is like the most crystal clear, like there's... Like, there's no, I mean, there are very various different routes to interpret the film, but there's one crystal clear message that I think came at the perfect time culturally where it was not too ham-fisted. I mean, it is ham-fisted, but to, to excellent, to excellent execution, I think. And, uh, but it also was horrific in a lot of ways. And I thought us, at least to me and my thresholds, was 
almost scarier, definitely more horrific in some ways, even if less of an engaging movie. And then Nope is like something that's way more tame and it may be intentionally tame. But I think because there were some horror... Tame. It's an yeah, interesting I know to use exactly. Textually, and I think that because like the sc- the scare, there wasn't really any scary. Honestly, the scariest moment was when he was in the barn and those little kids were wearing those alien masks. Yeah, that was that was that the was, only time I jumped. That was that was the scariest moment to me. Um, but like it was a total fake out. And um, oh wait, let's I just, talk about the the himbo. Oh my god, I He's wanted so to hot. suck him. Oh, with but his have you bleach? watched any of the interviews with him? He's like no. really into God. No, He's like constantly <laughs> thanking God and Jesus. Oh, for that's kind of opportunity. Kind of honestly. Oh my god, can we talk about his scene partner, Barbie Ferriera, having? Oh yeah, one... I liked her little cameo. But why does she only have like one or two lines? She's stu- Am I like in such an asylo that she's I an think... actress? I yeah, just... she's not that famous. I think she's such she's a star. not that famous. I know, you're just, but you're she's... just warped by euphoria. Like, no, I, but... and that's actually no, but like that that's actually fine. for someone at her level, having two lines in a Jordan Peele movie it's is true. a great gig for her. It's true. It's true. It's true. That that's a massive... none of the other euphoria girlies but had two lines de- in a Jordan Peele she, movie. But she deserved like she's five do- lines. She's doing just. You know fine, what I babe. mean? She's doing just fine. She's doing just fine. She gets to um, say she was in Nope. Um, another, I, I did see another movie this week that I think you would enjoy. I'm already nervous. It's called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh, the Have girls you... are tweeting about this. And by the girls, I mean just you and just, Ryan. Just me and Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just the two so, of you and no one else. <laughs> yeah. It's very like, a, it's when I, when I said I saw it, my mom was like, oh, I want to see that. It's very that kind of movie. Um, it's a mom movie. But it's movie. such a feel-good movie. You would love it. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that it was adapted from a book. It's about this um cleaner in post-war London who decides that she just really wants a Dior gown because she has a very like sad little life and so she like comes into some money and goes to Paris and goes to Dior and is like I'm getting a fucking Dior gown and of course everyone's like you're poor you're like, you, you, don't, you don't deserve one and Isabella Huppert is like in it and she's like fuck you Mrs. Harris but you know it's like everyone's like but we have to get Mrs. Harris her gown. <laughs> um, and like, spoiler alert, like she gets the gown. Oh, I can't um, wait to see it. And then she also gets another gown. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not going to see it, but your description is wonderful. It's so charming. The, the fashion is wonderful. It's, Literally none of it was shot in Paris. And you can tell. <laughs> it's, it's giving like a little all sound stages. It's giving a little best exotic Marigold uh, well, motel. No, when I told Ryan that I loved it, he was like, "Yeah, it's very Mrs. Pettigrew lives for a day," That's which it. I had, which I had never seen and watched last night, and, and so good. Really, it should be alternate <laughs> titles include uh, Mrs. Harris slays for a, Mrs. Harris lives for the sleigh. <laughs> Mrs. Harris serves cunt for a day. Um, if you've never seen it, it's a 2008 film starring Frances McDormand and Amy Adams and a young Lee Pace. And it's incredible. It's like an hour and a half. It's like so good. Um, Also, (laughs) F-Boy Island. Oh, my God. Girl. Oh, my God. What do we... What do we even think? Okay, we're going to get into spoilers this time. You wouldn't let me talk spoilers last week, but like, okay, we just need to get into spoilers. it. Like, you're either watching spoilers. FY Island or you're stupid. Um, yeah. Okay, I thought for a moment 
with the cliffhanger that came before the 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 first of the two episodes that came out this week, I kind of thought it was going to be a bait and switch, and that Peter was going to be a nice guy. But like, no, obviously he's I an knew, F boy. I knew, and I knew, the I knew, way I knew. Mia crumbled <gasps> when she found out all her matches were F boys. She is incredible. She's such a great she's, reality she's TV really actress. Good reality TV, but I I think it's so interesting that with the format of the show that. They couldn't just be like, well, Mia, why don't you take one of the other guys, like one of the other nice guys? Like maybe one of them's like horny for you. But nope, that's not allowed within the confines of how this show works. Honestly, even if they were allowed to like go for a nice guy, I'm not really sure they would. They wouldn't. No, these girls were, love There were not F-boys. that many girls left in this pool. And, and I, like, I can't believe Mercedes is still there. I know it's for good TV. The worst. But like, and the fact that he was shitting his brains out during the elimination. So funny. Oh my God. I can't believe that he still stayed regardless. He like, is such it, a, he's so obviously a horrible person. And I thought it was very interesting that they, that they had one of the guys tell Tamaris about him being evil, but she never told Louise. No. And it's when, so, uh... and it, and, but I'll, I wonder if she did and we just didn't see it because when, when Louise saved Mercedes, she apologized to Tamaris. So I wonder yeah. if Tamaris did in fact warn her and we just didn't see it. She might have. It seems, I mean, I'm sure they talk. It feels like it was something that Tamaris wanted to, like, handle on her own, which I kind of love about her. Like, she really likes, she's she's really like, let me get these guys together. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm still Team Danny. <laughs> I His think he's His facial changed. hair is so disgusting. It's, disgu- it's disgusting. And yet, and yet. I'm here. And yet, I, I just don't get it. It's like he only shops at Aeropostal, all those fucking floral <laughs> shirts. I can't. He's gross. I actually think they're all gross. I don't... Actually, uh, actually, I thought Asante was kind of hot. I came around to him a little by the end. Asante was cute but boring. I'm very excited for the, for the mansplain that that's gonna happen. Ugh, I can't believe girl. the season's almost over. I wish there were 60 episodes. I wish the show had three seasons a year, like The Bachelor. Like, why are we not getting it 24-7? Yeah. I wanna we be able to texting. like I wanna be able to like watch live streams of the house like Big Brother. Yeah. I honestly I want it to be like like Love Island where it's like 40 episodes long or whatever. Yeah. And like I, I like can barely night. get up to I'm, like, just laying in my bed holding in my piss as I, like, finish, like, episode nine of this show that I've sat in for, like, you know, sat watching for uh, hours and I hours. I do be holding my piss in sometimes because I don't want to get up because I'm watching <laughs> I something. I don't want to. <laughs> Look, sometimes the TV is TVing. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I want to know what, I mean, like, we'll, we'll do a, a track by track breakdown, but okay. Where were you when you listened to the album for the first time? And what were your kind of first thoughts? I, um, decided to not wait until midnight. I was into the leaks. No, 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 no. I would never, I would never do that to my mother. I, I listened to a leak of break my soul. So did I only a few, only like a few hours before it dropped. Okay. Um, and, and for this one, I did not listen to the leak. I was a good girl and I decided to wake up the next morning and get stoned, which I I have maybe, I waited. I've only waked and baked maybe two or three times in my entire life. And this was the second or third time. And I decided to just lay in my bed and listen to it with my headphones on because I knew I wanted to hear the details Mm. of what I was listening to. Mm. And obviously we're going to get into it, but like, girl, I was crying by the end of the first song. And I, I don't think it was interesting. even and like one I shed a single tear. I should okay. say, I shouldn't say crying. I should say I shed a tear and, and it was a, an emotional overload of feeling like we had waited so long for an album that starts like this. It, it reminded me a lot of when I listened to Adele's most recent album and the overture that is, you know, that first song and how she sets the tone for something that is going to be, completely different and unexpected and um 
I don't know. I uh, like, you know, top line feel like I never in my life would have seen Beyonce make music that was like this faggoty, like this like ballroom house, like disco kind of faggot music. Beyonce is gay. We'll get but into that's that. the thing is like, and on this podcast, we've talked about this, the distinction between being gay and being a faggot. And Beyonce has made a lot of gay music. Okay. Like single ladies is pretty gay. Like, and there are a lot of things in her discography that are pretty gay and pretty on the nose when it comes to like what community they're catering to. But like when I felt how faggoty this was and how in the I, know I, it I think was, it's even like post faggot. I actually think this yeah. is I think this is Dyke Beyonce music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of giving that. It was transcendent. This is and, Beyonce um, broke out the strap for this one. Yes, she really did. And like I'm I keep getting tempted to go into like track analyses, but like what were your t- top line impressions so here? I also did not listen to the leak. I was a good girl. Um, mm-hmm. And most, not because I like have any moral, you know, qualms with it, but I just, I wanted to listen to this album in a way that was easy. And it was the easiest to, you know, at, at 9 p.m. on Thursday night, say, you know, like, Alexa, play. Well, I'm not going to say it because she's going to fucking start. Um <laughs> She, oh my god, she just oh, said, there she stop. <laughs> um, so I listened to it. I did not listen to it kind of as actively as you did. Like, there were some songs I did, but I, I let myself kind of experience it and like go in and out. Like, didn't really look at my phone, but I was like dancing around my apartment. I did not have any kind of emotional reaction to it. I think actually, this is making me think in somewhat of a deeper way. I don't know that I that music does that to me. Like I certainly love mm. music and there are songs that are, are very important to me, but I'm much more likely to cry at like a movie or a TV show or a book than I am to a song. Mm. But I really like this album. I think it's very fun. I like that it is pretty much bops and bangers only and that she said pretty much and i think that makes sense i don't think she could have done that if she hadn't announced that this was part of a three-act project because i would imagine that one of the other albums is going to be something a little more emotional a little more ballady i like that she was like for this album for renaissance this is the vibe it is we're having fun it's the summer we got our tits out we're sucking dick we are popping off. And when you say sucking dick, like, with no discretion, like, actually sucking We're sucking dick, dick and like, cock. We're eating ass. We're eating pussy. We are licking nipples and titties. Um, yes. We are. This is a slutty. This is a slutty, horny album. Beyonce is. Eat that. Beyonce is horny, which is so interesting because I do think she's only ever had sex with Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, we'll, t- we'll talk about um, just, you know, this this album in in comparison to the, her, the rest of her body of work, but like, that is definitely her a body observation. Of her body yaddy yaddy of work. We knew it was going to be a house album, at least through the Whisper Network. I think we all knew that it was going to be a three-part project, and it should also be said that we're recording this on Monday of the week, and so I feel like there are going to be visuals that will be dropped between now and maybe when the I don't know. know, I still, I still am a little shook that we got no visuals, but I also think like, just like Beyonce decided, oh, I'm not doing a surprise drop. She also decided I'm not doing the kind of visual output I've been doing for all my other albums. Like, yes, I would love to get a video when, when I said to Ryan, like, 
I really need a music video. He was like, I think she's just like really wants to make it about the music. She's edging. No, she's edging us. She's I'm edging sure us, we're girl. getting visuals. There's so many stills and so many photo setups that are floating around of her. Like, and that amazing, like gold kind of lame- layered lame piece that was like, I think an homage to Pepper LaBeija, question mark. Like, her references are really good. Um, yeah, and someone, I, like, I almost, like, don't want to give give this too much credence, but someone, yeah, but, but someone said Beyonce watched Pose and made this album, and, like, as much of an well, eye roll, does love Pose. as much as an, of an eye roll as that is, I don't think it's untrue. I think it's a it's a flattening. I mean, Beyonce is that basic, let's be clear. Like at the end of the day, if you've ever watched an interview with her, like she's a, a delight a delightfully like um middle of the road girl who is also the greatest yeah. living performer of our generation, Agreed. I would claim. Um and I think that she is always on trend. Yes. And and that is you know, I think her greatest strength and at times a weakness um, because it does render her sometimes a a little, a little corny or a little like, you know, try hard. And, but I think that that's what makes Beyonce Beyonce. I would say that this album is a little late when you think about it, like, and maybe a little bit, a a little bit, but it doesn't, it's, but it's fine because she does the thing so well that it doesn't matter. So well. And, and it's also just such a, Beyonce album like I would say you know before we like as we're getting into the the track by track like I came away from the album being like damn I wish that some of these songs went harder I wish that the entire album was disco house um we get these little breaks that you know don't have the that don't have as that, that like kind of thumpy club bass um that I kind of wished was in every song but then after finishing it for the first time I was like you know if it really was that cohesive it wouldn't be a Beyonce album it wouldn't and I also and love that so many of the songs start as one thing and end as oh, another so incredible it's so cool okay let's let's start our our dissection yeah. So yeah, let's get into so, it. So number one, I'm that girl. I mean, she Which is. is <laughs> she is that girl. I'm that girl. As I said, I was weeping when like this song kind of reached its middle point because lyrically gorgeous, vibe wise, totally resonant, and like I think a perfect like overture esque like anthem to what we are preparing ourselves to be yeah really album, puts you in the right mood. like really like, puts and beyonce you in the mood. is an album artist and the song is saying in case you in case it wasn't clear this is an album it's very and much like setting you up your first drink it. of the night you're like getting into it it reminded me of when i first listened to adele's last album like laying in the bathtub and like turning it on and having a very intentional listen with it and and that first adele song takes a sharp turn that sonically is so different from Adele's usual sound. And in my head, I was like, oh my God, this album's going to be so different. And I think with this one, I, I I just got this, I got that same kind of emotional anticipation. I was like, this album is going to be so fucking different. And, you know, we already knew that, but like, girl, when it went to Cozy, like... We knew it. I really like Cozy. I remember thinking on my first listen that the lyrics were a little cheesy. And I do think that's something that happens a couple times on this album is like, despite the fact that there's like 
12 people credited as writers on every song. <laughs> Sometimes the lyrics are a little cheesy, and that's I think that's just a Beyonce thing. Well, Beyonce is also credited as a writer, I believe, on every song she's ever performed. Or if not a writer, a producer. But she is credited on every single song, and that is completely intentional. And, like, I really... It's a big mystery as to how much writing, quote-unquote, she actually does. But she has, before in interviews, talked about songwriting and writing. And and so I always wonder what's her and what's, like, her other people and what's her writing team. This is how I think the writing process works, is someone else says, (laughs) release your wiggle, and Beyonce goes, ha! I think that is a perfect encapsulation of Beyonce's writing contributions on her music. It's it's her being like, ha! Yeah. But the thing is, you're no about like um Beyonce's kind of corniness or rather uh, that's my term, but Beyonce's like corniness on some of these songs. Like I didn't experience that until Church Girl, which we'll get into, but like I actually lyrically really loved Cozy and the kind of ethos of the song, which is about being comfortable in your own skin, expressing yourself. And like I think the through line in the album that's really crystal clear by this song is is about sex and connection but also about you know queerness and about being yourself and like to use a T.S. Madison you know clip in this which was I thought used so well like I thought it was I I, she's I mean I loved her tweet that was like my voice is iconic and I was like (laughs) it is her voice is it is iconic and I think for Beyonce to recognize that and to make a song about being comfortable in your you know with yourself and still talking about God somehow because it's Beyonce and then that she has to talk about God that rolls over so perfectly into Alien Superstar because it's like okay we're done being comfortable with being weirdos now we're gonna be freaks and we're gonna love it exactly hot something that I love about Alien Superstar and and why it's one of the one of my favorite tracks on the album is that it becomes at the towards the end like much more like impressionistic and like the words are 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 like it's more of like this wall of sound and Beyonce is just kind of like saying weird shit and like she's being a fucking alien and like I mean I do think this is one of the tracks on the album that is like most obviously taking inspiration from ballroom culture and from queer culture Alien Superstar is I knew like just seeing the title when the track list was released that this was going to be one of the ones to watch and Mm -hmm. it is definitely one of my faves on the album and it's like when I was doing my first listen it's the first time that I really got up and started dancing yeah, I mean, I I was dancing by Cozy, or at least, like, in my kind of groove. I felt like Alien Superstar, the beat is so good. I mean, we just have to talk about the Honey songs in general. Honey Dijon really ate and chewed up. And she can, chewed up just these two hear, songs. You can hear yeah. her influence on this music. And it. I've never looked at the song credits while I was listening to the music the way that I have while listening to this album. Because Same. And that, I think, is really cool. I like... That you can hear the influence of the people that Beyonce brought in to work with her. I mean, which is kind of interesting. When we'll talk about the the Khalees of it all later. Mm-hmm. But if you know Honey Dijon, if you know her music, if you if you've like ever listened to her DJ, you can't listen to this song and not know that this is a Honey track. 
Yeah, exactly. I honestly, so I saw on Instagram that Honey maybe did an edit of Pure Honey, um, which is, in my opinion, the queerest song on the album. But like, I, she her she wasn't credited for Pure Honey. But like, I was like, oh my god, I wonder if she you know started to do something for it. And there's like a, a Honey Dijon version of Pure Honey out there somewhere that I can listen to because Honey's version, girl. Honey's version, yeah. But, like, you know, to go back to the Honey Dijon of it all, like, I, you know, these were my favorite songs on the album, and I I think that kind of thumpiness was something that just... I haven't heard this from Beyoncé before. The succession of Cozy and Alien Superstar in and of themselves were so far set apart from the rest of her body of work. Like, I don't think there's anything else in her discography that does what those songs do. But like, I mean, I loved the Kim Cooper, like unique, like kind of moment on it. Like I love um, the ballroom references, even though I mean, that it's a little corny, the category. Um, Sexy bitch. But as you said, Beyonce is corny. Um, Beyonce is corny, and and that's when she thrives. Yeah, and and then you go to Cuff It, which, like, in a lot of ways, is a very kind of traditional Beyonce song. Like, as we said, like, it is is definitely in the legacy of a song like Blow. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not one of my favorites on the album, but, like, I like it. It's a good transition between two of the weirder songs on the album. With Cozy and Alien Superstar, I was immediately taken but also like a little nervous because i was like what is beyonce taking on she is doing a genre that is completely outside of i wasn't going to say outside her wheelhouse because she can do any genre she wants and is qualified to do so but like like she could release a fucking ska album and we would gobble that up you know what i mean but like cuff it is when i was like oh this is a beat like this is beyonce Mm -hmm. like this is funk this is soul it's a very comfortable place for her to be. And, you know, I think it's like <laughs> just very funny that and a great dichotomy that Beyonce can make what what I what we were calling like faggot faggot music and still have the album ultimately be about um uh, her cis relationship yeah. that she has been in a relationship a relationship she's been in since she was since she was like 16 or whatever and like Cuffa is one of those songs that's like a love letter yeah. you know and then we go into energy which you know I energy is one of my faves on the album and Same. I think it's like I I really liked after what we had gotten so far the acknowledgement that she's still um, interested in the music that she was making on The Gift and, like, everything she did with Black is King. Because I think mm-hmm. Energy is the song, to me, that sounds the most like those albums with the very, like, Afro beat of it. And it's so, like, dissonant in a way and, like, and like kind of not hard to listen to, but, like, a little challenging. It's it's one of the songs in the album that made me, like, listen actively. Um, yeah. And, like, is something that I think a lot of people would not think of as, like, club music. But, like, I, I have heard music like this in, like, very dark clubs and very dark moments. And, like, I, I think this song is so sexy. Yeah. And not to mention the transitions in these first six songs especially to energy and especially from energy to break my soul. Oh, I love it. I oh. think break my soul makes, I like break my soul. I, I already loved break my soul, but in the, in context, knowing its place in the album, it just cr- made it, made me like it so much more because I think the transition, I think this, this three song cycle of energy into break my soul into church girl is perfect. 
Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. And I, I feel like um, her, you know, to go back to your point about Black is King and that album that I also love, like, I feel like, you know, what she was doing, what she, I feel like she gets a lot of flack um, for homogenizing art, um, for taking art from other artists and putting it all under her name and um, you know, obviously there are a lot of nuances to that that can be had on another podcast, but I, I just have to remind people that that's what almost every music artist does. And to the point that you were making earlier, like something that's really beautiful about this project specifically, and I didn't really think about it until you said it, is that like, as a fandom, we are consuming credit lines and there are like over a thousand credits on this album like and and for Beyonce to kind of put them all in context and to tweet them out and to say like like these are the people that as I'm the combined effort of all of these people I take inspiration from and I am in a legacy of black art and queer art um well it's like she's it's like she's citing she's citing her her research you know she's like here here's it's it's like post receipts it's like she it's like here's her this she wrote her thesis and here's everything she's referencing yes baby exactly and like it kind of reminds me i think i mean gaga did this in a slightly different way but when chromatica came out like she did that playlist that was like welcome to chromatica that was like Mm. here is all of the music that this album is is in a legacy of and is in conversation with and um, I oh, think I loved that. Beyonce, like that, that playlist disappeared. Does no, it, it's, it, it does still it, exists. I think Beyonce I took that it. a step further and was like, "Okay, I'm going to hire all the people who made that music and are currently making that music and make songs with them." Because Beyonce just is able to do all this on a scale that no other artist can. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When she gets accused of stealing or appropriating music or whatever. I just think, I mean, I think it comes from, obviously because she's a black woman, but also because she, way back in her, like, four album era, like, got into a few different issues where, like, she was making music videos or giving performances that were very clear rips from other artists um, without crediting. And I think that to for her to come, to arrive here and to be like, this is where all the credit, these, this is where credit is due, um, you know, that is like what every artist should. And Beyonce, at the end of the day, on top of being the greatest performer of a generation, is also a curator, you know? Yeah. And her team are curators, and they're good curators, yes. in my opinion. I mean, since we're talking about this conversation, and, like, we, we are talking about what I think is this, like, mm-hmm. triad of songs, which includes energy. Like, I do think it's a good time to bring up the Khalees of it all. So... Yeah, I was I said she credited everyone except Khalees. Yeah, so <laughs> if you don't know, you know, there like, you you, met, you might have seen headlines about this, like, drama between Beyonce and Khalees, and it's actually more complicated that, and the drama is really not... Um, it's not drama, um, and it's mm-hmm. not even between Beyonce and Khalees directly. So, energy samples milkshake. I mean, I would never have clocked it, by the way. Would you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I, I don't think, like, I clocked... I think I, I knew it was coming, because, like, the Khalees mm-hmm. stuff broke that day. So, like, mm-hmm. I was prepared for it. And, you know, Khalees has spoken out about it. And the thing is, like, she's... What, what the issue is, is not that Beyonce used her music and didn't credit her. The issue is that Khalees, I mean, and this has been something that Khalees has talked about for a long time, Khalees was fucked out of the publishing rights for Milkshake by Pharrell. This is something mm, that she has right. talked about at length, that other artists have talked about with Pharrell. Mm. And right. so when this, when Milkshake is used in Beyonce's album, Khalees gets nothing from that. And right. so I think her problem was twofold. Her problem was that she never got any sort of like acknowledgement from Beyonce that she was that her record was being used on this album and then she also again is being fucked over by this man from money from this iconic song that she made and Khalees's impact on music cannot be overstated Khalees no, massive Khalees is iconic and it fucking sucks that she got a shitty deal at the start of her career and a song that is as indelible as Milkshake makes her no money. 
That fucking sucks. Yeah. I I think it sucks too. Um, I think that if I'm... Okay, so here's the thing. It feels all in all like a bureaucratic error on Parkwood's... In, in, on, the, on the side of Parkwood's camp. And I feel like there's no world wherein Beyonce would not like worship an artist like Khalees, like understands I'm sure that they she know is in a legacy. Other. Like I'm sure yeah. Beyonce respects her, but... And so I just, I don't understand. I think that here's the, the thing for me is like, I, um, or rather, not that I don't understand. I understand it just as clearly as you've laid it out for the virgins. But what I, I, I just feel like <laughs> you can be messy online and you can be mad about the things that are stolen from you. I have had work from stolen from me and I've decided not to say anything because talking about it publicly makes me look messy too. You know what I well, mean? What I really, and I feel like, what I feel like Khalees shouldn't have, I just feel like if I was her, I would not release a, a statement like the, the, in the first hours of the album dropping, I would go out to Parkwood first and then get mad if I was not responding. I to actually you know what disagree I mean? because I think that what Khalees is doing is very smart because she's using the promotional engine of this, of this album for her yeah, own gain. Is. Because I don't think what Khalees really wants is like acknowledgement from Beyonce, which I'm sure has already yeah, happened. That's like, true. Beyonce yeah. has sent her an edible arrangement. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm even sure that some money has or will change hands. What Khalees is yeah, doing I agree. very smartly, I think, is knowing that this album is the biggest thing happening in pop culture now. And by bringing this up, by turning it into drama that people can write about, she is reminding yeah. everyone of this really fucked up thing that happened to her and that happens to artists and especially female artists and especially black artists all the time. And she is using this album cycle and all the eyes on it to remind people, Hey, I got fucked over and this isn't right. And maybe because of that, who knows what'll happen? Like outside of the Beyonce of it all, maybe Pharrell will finally like get her some publishing rights back. Maybe this will start some kind of change for her and for the industry at large. I think she was very calculated in how she and how she brought this up. And if you watch the whole video that she made, she is really smart and she addresses this all in a way that is really easy for people to understand. And I just don't, it does not feel thoughtless or heated to me. She knew exactly what she was doing. Okay, so the girlies need to know that because I feel like the way that people are talking about it on social is misogynist. Like they're pitting the two of them against each other yeah. in a way that doesn't sound true at all. And like you can't to Kalise Cal- and her and statement. I'm sure if you talked to Beyonce, Beyonce would be like, "Fuck yes, I respect Kalise. Fuck yes, I yes. know the impact she's Mugga. had on <laughs> on the kind of music I make and on the kind of artist I am." Yeah, but you know, it's like it's a sample that I can can barely hear, which is crazy. And I, I um, honestly, same thing with um, Alien Superstar. I had no idea that that was I'm too sexy. Did you know? Oh that? yeah, I, I, it's so. I think I, I think it's so obvious. I never would have guessed, but I, I loved it because I think I'm too sexy is like kind of a bad song, <laughs> but like they found. I felt like it was you know so gorgeously rendered and same thing with the milkshake sample. Like it sounds incredible, and I love how the samples cross album are like really chopped up you know what i mean um speaking of being too sexy um two very sexy songs with different vibes are church girl Mm -hmm. and plastic off the sofa 
mm-hmm. church girl is like so overtly sexy and you know about like you know kind of it's always it's always the ones you like least expect um and then plastic off the sofa is like very sexy but i also think it's the closest thing to a ballad on this album um and it's it's yes. like perfectly sets up virgo's groove because it kind of like lulls you it's almost like it gives you a little bit of a break um mm-hmm. right before you know the album is really uh, like about to fucking smack you in the face with the, a pair of titties when i first listened to church girl because it is exactly that i did feel kind of smacked in the face and it was the first song that i I was going to say didn't like, but it was the first song that I had a negative reaction to. And only upon going back to it and listening to it in different ways, like listening to it not on my headphones and in a sound system is like, I think a completely different experience. Um, But like Church Girl was the first song where I listened to lyrics and I like, I had a little cringe moment, but like it now has like looped around and become one of my more favorite songs on the album because it kind of goes so hard. Um, I I think, you know, this song, Church Girl, is, like, a great emblem for the fact that Beyonce will always be weird and she'll always try really hard. And, you know, sometimes her lyrics are a little 2014, but, like, we still kind of love her for that. Um, It's very I Can See Your Halo. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. And, like, I don't know. When she said you could be my daddy, I, I I just I still I still to this moment like Beyonce can sell me anything like I, I will always chew it up but like it's just I still don't I, I, it's fine it's I, a I lot of work it. to I, make Jay Z seem hot well the, well here's the thing though it's like kind of her entire music career is like trying to make Jay Z seem hot and like Jay Z is in a lot of songs to her in past albums like daddy to her you know what I mean but then sometimes Beyonce is daddy which I also love yes. like with a song like Upgrade You um, or a lot of Lemonade like and I think that I think you Beyonce know, is the, mommy the, on this album finally I think to I think in some songs she is mommy, you know, and I and I, I like that. It's and very like milky, especially you know? church girl and plastic off this off the sofa. I think yeah. are big big mommy milkers vibes. Plast, plastic off the sofa brought me back into my feels. I you know I I rolled my eyes a little bit because I was like, oh, Beyonce always has a song like this on the album, right? With lemonade, it was. Sandcastles, oh or my God. With, um, plastic off the sofa is the sandcastles. Sandcastles, yes, I I love sandcastles. I hate sandcastles sand so I, much. I, un- I, I unabashedly love sandcastles. Um, I I on the on the Lion King album, she had um that song, the other side, which I also love, and like this is like you know, does that I think is, it's is, much is more it like complex. is EXO the the it's it's a it's little EXO. EXO. It's a, EXO EXO goes a little a little dancier, but like um Or maybe it's the maybe it's the heaven. Maybe heaven is the plastic off the sofa on on self-titled. Oh heaven. Wow. That's I mean, we're going deep today. I mean, I feel like my my one thing something that I appreciated about this song is that I think it has the fewest credits on it. And and you it was tell. I think that the simplicity <laughs> of just having Sid from the internet, which is an amazing we built queer performer. Castle. <laughs> I love sandcastles. So I will I not so stand for. You know, it's, it's so funny. Is no, I, I don't. I don't know a single friend of mine that likes sandcastles. It's but like, I don't give a fuck. Okay. I don't give a fuck. But I, let's I talk cannot. about what I do think is definitely one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song, and I think one of the best songs in the album, Virgo's Groove. 
Virgo's Groove. Okay. Virgo's Groove is the cultural reset. Virgo's Groove is Minions Rise of Gru. Virgo's, <laughs> Virgo's Groove is... Not Minions Rise of Virgo's Gru. Groove is snorting a line of coke off someone's dick or someone's titties. Virgo's Groove. Oh my Virgo's God. Groove. Ah! Virgo's Groove, I think, is like when you've been fucking for like an hour and it's at that point where it's like... <laughs> it's re- We gotta do some drugs. You, yeah. No, I think it's at the point where like it's really good. You're really vibing. Oh. Um... Virgo's Groove is so sexy. It's so 70s. It's... Yes. The production is immaculate. Oh, and st- so But also, gorgeous. like, so surprising. Like, I think the the lyrics always come in at a time when I'm, like, not really expecting them. It's, like, I think the most traditionally melodic song on the album, yeah. and yet still manages to surprise you and be unexpected. It's so fun to dance to. I was at Lala's the other night and we were like putting on wigs and listening to the album and this song came on and it was just so fun and vibey. It's hot. It made me it it made me wanna fuck. I it's so horny, it's so Beyonce, but it's also so disco. The production is gorgine. We have to shout out the transition from plastic so plastic off the sofa to Virgo's groove is goosebumpy like it's so good and i love like the art of transitions between songs like in the era of streaming like this song made me change my spotify settings so that i could hear <laughs> the end and the transition of every song like this is an album it is meant to be listened to that way i have not listened to this album on shuffle yet and i don't know no. that i will no, it should never be listened to on shuffle. That would be like blasphemous. But like to your point about, you know, dance music and how this the vibe that this has, like it just it's the first song where I was like this is Studio 54. Like this is like like a I mean honestly, that's like one of her references, right? Like her her on the horse on this album mm-hmm. cover is like Bianca Jagger like riding into Studio 54 and like also I guess like Lady, Lady Godiva or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And Which, also like, Lady bold- Gaga in American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, no, not that. Um but honestly actually like the intersection of like Lady Godiva and Bianca Jagger at Studio 54 and also Ketamine, listen, the horse really works as like it an is a, hor- for, like, a horse this... tranquilizer summer for sure. <laughs> yeah it's a horse tranquilizer summer i love how long it is so do i so nice i wish it was longer but i like how it changes at the end and then right before the song ends it brings that like melodic refrain back so you get it one more time before you move on to move uh, featuring is, featuring Grace Jones, not honestly, Grace Jones. not one of my favorites on the album, and I also think like Grace is a little underused. On okay, it. that is the take. I was angry on my Instagram story about this. If you have Grace motherfucking Jones, a woman who has on the record said many many times that she will never collaborate with major pop artists, that she will never be you like it has been a long time coming for any Grace Jones collab to happen in con- by with contemporary artists like she is vehemently against it so if you get Grace motherfucking Jones one of the idols of this era of music like you better give her a proper feature and like she sounds so elegant so queenly i love she that is, beyonce she is a queen have you ever seen queen. her live 
I've seen videos of her of her live dancing naked with the She's, hoop and the body. Uh, yeah, paint I, the... I saw her live um, at Ugh. a couple years ago. She did Afropunk, and it was so good. She's still honestly, she's, it's so incredible. This song is a song that my prediction is that she's going to release a visual album for this. I think she has a music video for every song. And I think that the, the smallness of Grace's feature is maybe because she has a bigger part in the music video itself. That's my, my hopeful prediction. I would Um, love to see it. I would love to see it. Move is actually one of the songs I love. Like, it's funny. It's an immediate catchphrase. It's like when you are when you're walking down the street listening to this song and moving past New York pedestrians, like I'm like, how many times I'm gonna say it, girl? Like, it's it's a, a stupid like moments like that. I I feel like I'm like I'm actually in for how stupid and silly or like kind of um, not even stupid. Like it's it's flippant. Mm-hmm. Like this song like discards you. And I need to spend. That's one of those songs I need to spend a little more time with. Um, I think that for me the moment is when great like right in the middle of Grace's feature, Beyonce like just barely she whispers Grace, <laughs> Grace Jones. Like I she, love that. <laughs> she goes, Chaka Khan is giving that. Yeah, and I and I but I love that. Like to have Beyonce introducing Grace motherfucking Jones like that's iconic and I you know I wish it was a true feature I love that Thames is on this album like twice and that you know they're all properly featured but like I was also kind of I don't know if you noticed this but they they weren't originally credited on the album it used to be just only the track list or at least when it dropped on Spotify for me it was only the track list and then a day later Grace Jones and Thames appeared as parentheticals to these mm. the track list um, which I I wondered what that was all about but um, I mean I had never of heard of the rapper on. <laughs> yeah just a little bit um, because if there's one woman you're not gonna cross it's Grace motherfucker. well I'm Jones. very happy we didn't see Heated featuring Drake because <laughs> I Heated is one of my favorite songs in the album. It was so good. It was Same. Drake did some work on it. We don't know the extent of it. If it was just like writing or producing, you can definitely hear him on it. Um, and mm-hmm. this song did make me want to go back and, and listen to his most recent album more. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I think he did is so good. Uh, again, like a song that kind of flips halfway through. I love the end of it when it's kind of like that rapid fire, like dialogue. Um, this is, I, I love heated. It's so good. Heated is also one of my favorite songs. It is definitely the song that I can't stop like <laughs> saying parts of it, like to myself. Um, I, I will say, you know, it, I thought a lot dum, about. Dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Wait, no, okay, we we'll get to that. But to talk about the Drake of it all, like we haven't seen a Drake Beyonce collab since um, mine. Oh my god, mine is so fucking good, and the songs are definitely in conversation with each other. Um, that and I just think that next she looks a mess. <laughs> but girl, I mean, okay, we have to, we have to. So here's a moment where it's like both can be true about Beyonce's rapping. She can be corny, but also she did not miss a single fucking. How beat. did she do it? When I was trying said, to. I looked up the lyrics and I was trying yes! to do it along with her, and I couldn't do it. I would like to do a little couldn't, bit of a dramatic reading of some of these lyrics, yes. actually. Okay. Oh, whiskey till I'm tipsy, glitter Fan on me my off kitty. my wrist goes click, dimples on my hips, stretch marks on my 
something. Uh, drinking my water, minding my biz. Monday, I'm overrated. Tuesday, on my shit. Um, flip flop, flip flop, flippy flop, flip flop, flop. When she goes, for fine, fine, for fine, for fine, fine, fine. I'd be curious to see what like the ballroom community thinks about it because it's very clearly an homage to ballroom MCs and like how you know masterful that really is. But like, which, <laughs> I mean, my favorite. I'm pretty sure my favorite is the yada 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 bum bum kaka. When she says like kaka, it's, it's like it's it. giving. It's honestly, it's giving rakatatita. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. It's giving Beep and Sahara Benet in a good way. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Thick was one that I like liked the idea of a lot and then it's just like not one I've like spent a lot of, I, I, it's not one I listen to as actively when I'm listening to the album like it's fine I I love it I 
I appreciate that it's the horniest song on the album. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the horniest song. I thought this was the song where she says, eating dick like Mastro's. And I was like, when was... Beyonce has never talked about eating dick. Like, that is so explicit. Um, (laughs) Um, But it wasn't this song. All Up In Your Mind, one of my favorites. Um, Okay, tell me why. So this is produced by Blood Pop, also A.G. Cook, who does a lot of work with Charlie XCX. Um, This for me is like, I I like the idea that Beyonce was like, okay, I'm making a music that sounds like a gay club. And so if I'm going to do that, I need to lean into this like PC music, like bleep bloop stuff a little bit and it like a little bleep and like loop. again as we were talking without being hyper pop without being hyper pop because the thing is like yes as we said earlier she's a little late to making this kind of music but if she's gonna do it she's only gonna do it for one song she's gonna get the best people who make that kind of music mm-hmm. and she's gonna really nail it and i love this song i think it's very like when i was listening to the album for the first time i was like oh yeah this is like that part of the night this is like the 8 a.m. song Mm. when you are like when like the the sun is starting to come up and you have been dancing for hours and your feet hurt but like the drugs are really working and everyone like you don't want to look too closely at anyone or at yourself (laughs) but like you're still having a great time and you're a little spaced out I just I yeah I think it's so like propulsive um, Mm. and it's kind of like ugly sexy it's like it's like horniness that's like kind of bordering on like you should go home soon but like you're you're not ready to and like this is i think it's the perfect setup for the america has a problem because how i feel about like a night out of the club and like i like techno more than you do but um i always feel like i can't i can listen to techno all night i can dance to techno or like in my youth um up until you know the early hours of the morning but then, once the sun comes up, I got to get house and disco. You got to lift it back up. And this, to mm. me, feels like that last push of the oons oons industrial music. And then, baby, we're going to bring it back up. I am floored by that analysis because it has brought so much more appreciation to these, for me, for to these songs, which I would never skip a Beyonce song. And I this album is no skips for me. But if I did skip one song, it would be America Has a Problem. And I, I felt like All Up In Your Mind and America Has a Problem could have been combined. And I think because I was not pick, I was picking up on the thing that you have said so clearly and concretized, like I, I like that I didn't really realize at first, which is that it's that come up. It's that like end of the night like we're 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 cruising off our drugs and figuring out what we're gonna do next and it's like, like you're almost coming down and then something yeah. saves you at the last minute but like babe when all up, when all up in your mind when like when it starts and you hear that nasty techno like i was like that it was so nasty and like yeah these are kind of like the techno songs um I, I appre- but I appreciated them as a whole. And I think the emotional conceit of All Up In Your Mind is very sexy, very Beyonce. And then America um, has a problem. Like, I was like, oh, are we getting, like, a social justice kind of moment? And then it's actually... Yeah, which I'm glad it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's actually very horny, and it's just about yes. sex. Yes, which is exactly what we needed, and I'm so glad for it. I think she was honestly trolling by putting that on the track list. Yeah, and then, but, you, know, and then you get... To get to... Then you get lifted... Truly, like, Up Into Heaven by Pure Honey. Which is probably my favorite song on the album. 
if it's not cozy. Um, it's kind of hard to have a favorite, but babe, what did you think of Pure Honey? Like, how did you? I mean, like, it I mean, is, when it, it is Pure Honey, and it is now in the pantheon of women singing about honey, aka Robin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yeah, actually, um, it's I, so, I mean, for, it's so smooth and sweet. I mean, it is just like honey. It's Beyonce. I, 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 we haven't talked about this yet, but Beyonce sounds so good on this album in actually mm-hmm. like a very understated way. I think, and this like last burst of the album pure honey and and summer renaissance or i think when she really like lets her voice out a little bit and like pure honey is that moment of the night where like i just want to give someone a hug i just want to hug my friend on the dance floor for like five minutes and then like but i love the that transitionally it starts with the nasty and i love like with a kevin avian sample that like I think, I mean, I don't know if you were from, I, I feel like I grew up all around, grew up. I feel like I came into like New York clubs with like Kevin Aviance and that song specifically like everywhere, yeah, like same. the cunty, cunty. Like I think it's a very like, it's a staple in ballroom. Um, I felt like this song was the most ballroom. Um, and and I, I think I, that's part of why it's my favorite. This and Alien Superstar, um, I think, are the most y- ballroom. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, it's it's a lot for for Beyonce to not just highlight Kevin Aviance, but to also have you know Mike Q, Kevin Prodigy, like um, Miss Honey, the drag queen on this song. Um, in addition to someone like T.S. Madison and someone like Honey Dijon, like these are all like not all of them are like super underground, but a lot of them, you know, Beyonce listeners have never heard of these people beho- yeah. before. You know what I mean? And I just think that. Putting Kevin Aviance, like, that's a deep motherfucking cut. Don't you think? Like, I feel like I just never... It's not a deep cut to us, but, like, yeah, to, right. to not mainstream to culture. It's so... to The fact that Kevin Aviance and Mike Q are, are on a Beyonce record is incredible. Yeah, and for if you're not familiar, Kevin Aviance is, like... Some people would say drag queen. I would say, like, nightlife performer... Like personality, ball, like someone, legend. I would say, and um, honestly, club kid, club, club kid. kid yeah. I would say, as well as Mike Q. Kevin Prodigy is the one that does the um. This is what I want to see. You know, you know that yeah. song. Like, um, but Summer Renaissance Girl. I think Summer Renaissance I, is I a, love. Like, amazing album closer. Wish Donna Summer was still alive so she could be on the song, but you know, like, I whatever. know, right? But also, there just should have been more Donna. Like the, the sample could have been. I, th- I mean, I love that it was at the beginning, like that that iconic beat is at the beginning. And I, I my one complaint, honestly, as a closer, it should have been eight to 10 minutes long. Yeah, it, She could have used more Donna. It would have been true to the, all of her references, which like disco and house in this era is like eight to 10 minutes long. Yeah, She is the artist to do it, which everyone's only making two minute fucking TikTok songs. And if everyone, if there's someone who doesn't care about the motherfucking algorithm, it's Beyonce. So she had the power to do it. And also like, you know, as we said earlier, she clearly had, or rather her team clearly had a lot of ideas and they could have thrown so much more into the final song would have been a banger way. I mean, I'm, I'm, if, if, if what it comes down to is that like she there was only going to be one song that she did a long song, I'm happy it was Virgo's Groove, um, mm. because that song is her rather than like something that is like almost entirely referential. Yeah, I guess it does kind true. of make sense for her to, especially if I'm thinking about this album as like 
a night out, a night of dancing, like, yeah, in the morning, like when the party's about to end, the last thing I want to hear is Donna Summer, because honestly, the last song I usually want to hear at a party is Last Dance. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. And like, it was, I, I it, it was perfectly placed. Yeah, I, I just like, you know, these, both of these songs, Pure Honey and Summer Renaissance, it's like, they also have the, you know, three songs in one kind of effect. But I, I just felt like, Ugh, they're such perfect songs. They're so, so experimental and they mash tons of ideas together. And, you know, to talk about the album as a whole, I think like watching her have fun and watch her to watch her be, you know, imperfect sometimes by throwing all of these crazy ideas together was like thrilling. And like, you know, to have Beyonce do like, uh, uh, a ballroom MC like ka 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 moment like over an afro beat with like a sister nancy ass kind of like microphone effect over it it's like it's such a a lot of parts of these songs are like big mishmashes of ideas but i think that's just how beyonce has always been and like i think that her art is best when it's all credited right there like i think this is one of the best executions of an album that she's ever done. And I don't know, that's just like why I love her. What um what do you do you have any guesses or hopes as to what the next two parts of this trilogy will be? I heard an interesting theory. I think it was mm. I think it was on Who Weekly maybe or it was like a, someone else's theory that they were talking about which is that um that like all of the the next two albums she'll also be on horses but they'll be different horses that like speak to the vibe of the album so maybe like the next album the country it, album. the next album it'll be a real horse and it'll be a country album oh, um oh my god that's so which amazing. which would be cool um i definitely think we'll get an album that is more ballady and more emotional um yeah. i also think maybe we'll get something that's a little bit more hip-hop R&B. I hope we continue to get sexy music. Um, You know, she she wrote, as she said in her statement, she wrote this during in the heat of the pandemic. They've been working on it for a very long time. This is music that they made indoors, craving time outdoors. And so I hope it stays sexy. I hope it doesn't get, you know, I mean, but Beyonce doing a country album, like, gag. Like, we will all gobble that up. Um, I, but like, I love that this whole album was about sex and I think that, you know, it was a a great reprieve from, you know, pretty much every other, pretty much most songs that she's done before, which are my man cheated on me and he's a no good motherfucking piece of shit. And like, here's how I'm going to tell you why. And like, you know, I, I, I love that. That's like why we love Beyonce and she has decades of work making music about, her cheating man and you know m- money and capital and stuff but um i don't know i love her sex songs they're so good so i don't think for me personally it has not been long enough with this album to place it within beyonce's other work um i don't know if you feel differently but um what are your you know we spend a lot of time talking about this so i think we maybe won't do as deep a dive into beyonce as as like we initially thought but i am interested to know what is your top three of Beyonce albums? And like, you can include Renaissance if like you're ready to f- to include it. But I, I will include Renaissance. Okay, I will. I I'm pretty I'm pretty gosh darn sure. It's Renaissance. It's Lemonade. Shit. 
Uh, it's between beat it and self-titled. Uh, I'm looking at the B Day track list. It might have, it might be B Day. B Day is in my top three. B Day is my number one. B Day is my favorite Beyonce album. Can I, can I guess your other two? Yes. I will guess self-titled. Okay, I got that right. And I will guess dangerously in love. Yeah, you're right. I actually. This was a Twitter prompt. Because you're a traditionalist. This was a Twitter prompt, and I tweeted earlier, and I said four. But I, upon reflection, it is Dangerously in Love. So my my holy trinity is B-Day, Self-Titled, and Dangerously in Love. Love. Justice for I Am Sasha Fierce. (laughs) An era we do not acknowledge. And and (laughs) four four really was edged out because I... Lo- there are some songs on four that I really, really love, but I don't love. Same. I don't love four as wholly as an album, and I just think "Dangerously in Love" is a better cohesive project and and just has the hits. I will say "School in Life" and "I Care," which are on four, are probably in top five, top seven Beyonce songs. For a- me. End of time. So it's funny top, that that's in top ten oh. for me. I fucking love End of Time. My God. And then that with B Day, so like the other night I was at our friend's house and we were watching, we, we were like doing that thing where it's like everyone suggests a YouTube video. And oh. I suggested the the Deja Vu video, which is to me my favorite Beyonce video. Um, it's incredible. Um, one of, and, and I think Jay-Z's best verse on a Beyonce song, and I do know it by heart. Um I love B-Day so much. And it I think it's the album of Beyonce's when I was the most obsessed with Beyonce. Because it, it came out mm. my freshman year of college. And it's the Beyonce album that I really... The only time in my life I've ever felt a, like a Beyonce stan. Because I love Beyonce, but I'm not like obsessed with her. Um, I, I listen to her music when it comes out. And it becomes part of the fabric of the music that I listen to. But I don't find myself going back to it over and over again. But B-Day really was that for me. That was the the time in my life when Beyonce really clicked for me the most. You know, um, to to mirror your story, like B-Day was also, I'm pretty sure, the album that defined my, the beginning of my relationship to Beyonce. Um, Beyonce as a a solo artist, I should say. Um, I think I've told this story on the pod before, but like, Destiny Fulfilled was a huge part of my secular awakening. I checked it out from the library and it broke my whole world open. And, you know, we also had the Destiny's Child Christmas album at home. And so Destiny's Child and Beyonce in that what has has been like a huge through, through line to through my life. And Beyonce is definitely an all time. Beyonce, like, Beyonce. Beyonce, are you happy to be in Paris? Um, like oui. I will have a lifelong, I will have a lifelong relationship to Beyonce, and like I will always be, you know, I, I, I will always be in the Beehive, and I think you know from being the queer, the little closeted girl, like hawking the library for things that are saucy, and finding Beyonce, like I never, in my wildest fan fiction, would think that she would come out with an album like Renaissance that is so on the nose of like our various communities and so in the know of like 
maybe not in the know. I, I don't want to say that because at the end of the day, you know, she's a celebrity and this is a machine and they're making things for consumption. But it is so, um, it has all the right references and it makes me feel seen. And like, I, I just, I'm so grateful that this is like the era that she's given us. And I'm, like I said, I'm hopeful for, vi- I, I know there are going to be visuals. I'm hopeful for a visual album. I'm also, I know you're not on this boat, but I'm hopeful for some fucking remixes because this is I the one album where songs... I would like to hear some remixes from. And Beyonce doesn't really do that, but like there could be some nasty Or I would at least love like, you know, this. like a like a 12-inch version of some of the tracks. Yes, um, we need a 12-inch version. Virgins, next week we'll be talking all about Baz Luhrmann and his oeuvre of films. Um, I actually have an assignment for next week. I have to watch Strictly Ballroom, which I've never seen. I'm very excited for you to watch it. I first watched that movie uh, in my high school dance class, and it has never left my mind since. Well, we will obviously also be talking about things like Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge. Um, I will be going in on Elvis, girl. I have a lot to say. Yes, we will be talking about Elvis. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about Australia, because... Never seen it. <laughs> no. Never seen it. No. Not willing to watch it. Don't have the time. Nope. Don't have the time. Maybe I'll skim. I'll watch a recap. <laughs> we could be lovers. Just for one day. Oh, yeah. There will be a lot of singing on next week's episode. Give us suggestions for future episodes, whether they're, you know, pop cultural phenomenons or books, or musics, whatever. We want to hear from you. You can slide into our DMs at like a virgin for 2069. Don't forget to give us a follow while you're there. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very important to us. We'd love to see your reviews, even if they're a little sassy. I'm your co-host, Rose Domu. You can find me anywhere you want at Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Torado. You can find me at Fran Squishko anywhere you want as well. Subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter, with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. Hope you're enjoying your summer renaissance. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Family Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. It's time to get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data. And you get to choose who joins your family plan starting as low as $25 a line. Does it have to be family? It can be family or people you like. 
Get more lines and more savings. Switch to Straight Talk for family plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.